We are live here on Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. It's actually the morning show now. I was thrown off here trying to run a couple things at once. I had a whole intro planned, um, but just like Toronto FC's best laid plans, uh, they went to waste. As we welcome you in, it's John and Michael today as Joshua and Sam uh, are on vacation. And boy, did they miss one heck of a game. You know, you say that Toronto had a plan. I'm not sure I saw much of that out there. That was a historic night for DC United. I don't think we have ever scored seven goals in an MLS game. Uh, I'm, I'm still buzzing. I, I think DC United may have just scored again. We'll have to, to go back and check and uh, get confirmation there. But it is it was such a, a fun game to be at. And, you know, Joshua and Sam obviously missed a great one, but uh, we'll have them back soon. And what a night for DC United. Yeah, and it was a historic night. You know, uh, first time in DC United's history that they've scored seven goals in an MLS game. Um, they have scored uh, seven, or, or I think they scored eight twice in non-MLS competitions. But also from uh, from a league perspective, it was a historic night as the first time that uh, all seven goals were seven different goal scorers, which is kind of wild if you think about it. Um, it. It started out early, and, and we want to talk through you know each and every goal, but you had to be in the stands early for this one because Kevin Paredes found the back of the net on, on a great setup in the second minute of the game. And, and they didn't really look back from there. Absolutely. You know, Andy Yahar uh, really created that opportunity, attacked up the side and put it in to Kevin. Great to see Kevin with his first MLS goal. Again, team Sam coming through strong there, but <laughs> uh, well, just such, such a blast. And yeah, we'll, we'll get into breaking down the individual goals, but you know, three goals in the first you know, 15, 20 minutes. And from there, that was pretty much all she wrote, but this was not a team that was going to let up and say, Oh, you know, we're happy with what we've got so far. Uh, you've talked so many times about this team needing to, to finish and figure out how to, you know, have that quality at the end. It happened today and or yesterday and <laughs> it happened in a big way. Yeah. You know, in a lot of ways it felt like it was finally the, the expected goals reprieve for us. You know, we, we'd been so many times, so many chances they couldn't finish expected goals yesterday. I think were just around three uh, and, and they scored seven. Um, but this was exactly what Hernan Lasada's preached all along was we're going to, we're going to, yeah, for sure. Hard. Um, you know, we're going to have high pressing style and multiple times early on, it, it caught Toronto off. Yeah. Uh, you know, the team came out ready to play. They came out with that killer instinct that we've heard, particularly Brendan Hindsight talk a number of times ago. You know, it was a, a very similar lineup to what we've seen. It looks like we may be settling into kind of what we expect to see on the field uh, week in, week out. And right now it's hard to argue that you need to, to, to tweak it. Now, I will preface this here. We're going to have a lot of great things to say about DC United today, but Toronto was bad. Toronto are bad. And I, I think, you know, we talked a little bit about it before the game. We were, we were caught up with some, some tailgate activities and didn't get, at least I didn't get my, uh, my pregame prediction, but I told you it was going to be three to one. Um, I couldn't have been more wrong. I was right at halftime. Can't confirm. <laughs> it was three one at one point. Uh, you're right. Um, and we had 2-0, and it was 2-0 at one point as well, so we both had something there. <laughs> but we looked at this lineup and said, you know, yeah, I think this is probably the, the, the top choice lineup at this point. And, you know, we, we had some, some good conversations in the stands, and we've talked about it a little bit on the show before, but 
you know, only giving up one goal. Toronto, not a great team, but we're continuing to, to play really stout defensively, and the goals finally came through last night. I don't know that Steven Birnbaum immediately finds his way back into this side. The, the backline pairing right now of Pines, Heinzike, and Nahar, they've been a lot of fun to watch, and it's, it's, it's hard for me to immediately say one of those guys goes to the bench. For sure. Yeah, and you know, they're guys that are, you know, almost inked into the team shirt right now. Like you, you don't, especially in the horror, Like you don't leave Nahar off uh, for really any reason right now. The, no. the form he's playing, you know, I think the team put out a, a Twitter compilation of all of the, the goal calls, and it seemed like Nahar's name was popping up at the beginning of each of those because he was involved in some way. I think he was credited with two assists at the end of the day. But, you know, for a man who did not find the back of the net, uh, <laughs> what a, a day and what a uh, chance to create. You know, the, team was, the team was having fun out there. The team was pressing high. The team was finding those incisive three balls. It was a lot of fun. And that's that's what we wanted when, we had, when Lasada came in. Again, Toronto, a bad team. But when you're playing a bad team, you should hang a touchdown on them. And we did. Yeah. I, I mean, absolutely insane to think of the scoreline every time I'm about to say we're recapping DC United seven to one victory over Toronto FC yesterday, and you know, I I want to talk at some point here in the show just about what it's like to miss these big big games because I, I felt for Joshua and Sam yesterday early in the game they're like oh man you know this group in particular the four of us and, and a lot of our close friends we. We try our best to plan our lives around the schedule, and and when things come together, especially with life starting to get back to normal, travel happens, family happens, and and you miss a game here and there, and sometimes you miss a, a snooze fest, and and sometimes you miss you know one of the games that'll go down in history, and you know talking to some of the friends of the show yesterday in the stands, Andy Nahar, he's he's even even the DC United fans that were over the moon with him coming back from a nostalgia perspective. I think he's taken their wildest expectations and and completely crushed them at this point. Oh, for sure. You know, a, a really a, a dream start for him. Yeah, you know, no indication of uh, knock on wood, but no indication of the the numerous injuries he's suffered over the years. He's playing like, again. I, I was not in the DC area and was not uh, really following the team that closely his last time around. But you know, hearing nothing but glowing reports from him from the, the previous uh, stint with DC. And it seems to be that he's recapturing that form and really couldn't happen at a better time. You know, a team that's really, you know, gelling together, a team that is, you know, enjoying what they're doing. You're seeing those bright spots. Uh, and you know, we've got a couple weeks until our next game, but this is a, a great way to go into a break and really be riding on a high and saying, Hey, this is working. And, you know, I think we have to, you know, call out as well. There is a universe where Hernan Lasada is not on our sideline and uh, Chris Armas is uh, in the black and red instead of in, in Toronto. We were uh, dangerously close to that universe. And, you know, who knows what would have happened there. But uh, if you want to take the, the very small anecdotal uh, piece, uh, I'm perfectly happy having Lasada on our side and Armas in a, a different color for us. Yeah, that's for sure. And, and uh, you know, I think it's we should at this point talk through each and every one of these goals, including the Toronto goal, um, because it, it was just a sight to behold yesterday as, as 
as I look to to who scored and our internet connection fails us, uh, at least I remember the first goal was uh, Kevin Brady's, as we talked about, uh, second minute. It, a ball comes in. I, I want to say it was Nahar. Uh, ball comes in. Couple players kind of stood over it, let it pass right through. And, and I, my initial reaction was, is somebody going to take a swing at this? And it lands right at the feet of a completely unmarked. Kevin Paredes, who blasts it into the back of the net with a, a beautiful finish. And I'll tell you, his celebration, you can tell how much it meant to him. Um, he was overcome by emotion. I think at one point he just leaned over and, and kissed the ground. Uh, so excited. And to do it right in front of the sports section, like we told him he would. Um, it was it was awesome. And it was uh, – I was – I was sad that Sam and Joshua couldn't have been there for that because I know that they would have they would have loved it. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you know, we've had Kevin on the show a number of times. He's, you know, I think tied or, you know, at least our second most appearances by a guest. He is uh, such a fun player to watch and you know, starting to get the attention from the national team as well. He's he's fun and, you know, he doesn't necessarily have to score to contribute to a game, but when you get the goals going early the way he did uh, again, some horrible defending to watch that ball just kind of go through the, the box, but DC United created that chance. And there've been plenty of games in these last you know month or so where that ball would be skied over or no one would get a touch on it yeah. or the, the fishing wasn't there. Kevin left no doubt that ball was going directly into the upper 90 and uh, what a strike from him. And so glad to see him uh, get it going. The second goal, you know, I think that that really set the tone for the rest of the game. You know, it was a game where you every time you turned around, it felt like the ball was in the back of the net again. Something good was happening. DCI was possessing the ball, really taking it to Toronto. That I don't know if Toronto wasn't ready to play or who knows. They might still be on the bus back in Disney from last year. <laughs> uh, again, uh, bygones be got bygones. But in the eighth minute, uh, you know, had a ball play through to worth a some question whether he was uh potentially offside but on no planet should he have been kept onside there uh, I, I think i think we determined it was the the right back was potentially holding him onside it, it was out of our field of view and even in some of the replays it was hard to see which player was holding him onside but there wasn't even a there was no protesting by toronto yeah yeah, and you know, played him through, and he steps up and is clinical and really taking advantage of the, the chance to get those minutes and you know get in there and have an early goal and have it uh, really change the game for DC going up 2-0 early. And that, you know, playing balls through, playing direct, playing attacking style really kind of set the tone for most of our goals today. And that's the way Lasada wants to play. Lasada wants to take it to you, wants to push it high, wants to you know, create opportunities. We're not going to you know, sit around passing in the back if we don't have to, but we did plenty of that today too. Yeah, it, it was um, it was a confidence thing. You know, I think Paredes missed an absolute sitter in, in one of the last games. And for his goal, there was, no doubt it was going in the back of the net. And and same thing with Roberto with a ton of space, one on one on the goalkeeper. You just you know, it was one of those you just kind of stood there and it's like it's going in. There's nothing you can do. And at that point, what was that? The eighth minute you said? Um mm-hmm. there's no coming back from that, you know. For DC United were were flying and and at that point in time, you know, the supporters were just getting ready to raise what was an awesome TIFO for Big Rob, who we talked about a little bit on the previous shows 
longtime DC United supporter, unfortunately lost his battle with cancer just this past week. Um, and the supporters groups worked together to build a TIFO for Big Rob and held a moment of silence in the 12th minute. Um, and to already be up 2-0 in, in the game when that happened, which had no idea what was coming next, but it was such a poignant moment uh, in the game to, to do that. And um, I got to believe Big Rob was was thrilled looking down <laughs> at Audi Field yesterday. For sure. Yeah, we, we talked about Big Rob on the show last week when uh, I was absent. But uh, again, to echo what everyone else has said, uh, there's no doubt that he's left an indelible mark on, on this club. There's no one who has a, a bad thing to say about you know, the attitude, the passion that he brought and, you know, really what every supporter really should aspire to be is, you know, welcoming and, you know, supporting a team. And, you know, we, we believe black and red and uh, nobody showed it better than Big Rob. And so great to see that TIFO up there. Uh, long running beef with Kobe Jones, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I actually listened to the clip this morning uh, from the, from the, uh, from Kobe Jones Hall of Fame induction, he actually talked about this guy in DC that was constantly giving him stick, um, even so much at, at a US game too. Uh, so, it, in a way, that's goals to be that deep in a player's head that they <laughs> remember you years later. Oh yeah, that, that's taking it to a whole another level. Especially you know we talk about uh, '90s USMNT. Uh, you know, there's still some residual. Uh, bitterness about the last world cup cycle but uh to take it that far back from uh kobe's play for the galaxy is uh is something to behold but again yeah nothing but love for big rob and uh, his loss we felt certainly and as we transition back to the game uh, calamitous defending by toronto led to the third goal for dc it, it was very nearly a, a paul Ariola goal uh it ended up going down um, as an own goal in the books by um, Ralph Preso Mbonge. I'm, I'm sure I butchered that name, but it was it was one of those just, if one goal kind of from a Toronto perspective summed up the entire game, it was this one because it was a slow, ultimately it deflected off a couple players and just slowly rolled into the back of the net as the goalie tried to catch up to it. It was ugly, and that's what sent the supporter section to just an absolute frenzy. Yeah, and... It, it, it does go down as an own goal. The ball was redirected. It was the initial shot may have been on target, but you know it, it's it's going to get logged as an own goal. But um, you're kind of ashamed that Canals doesn't get credit for taking that shot and having it happen. And kind of wish that Paul had found a way to caught up, catch up to it and uh, poke it in and make sure we uh, keep the name on the score sheet. But uh, yeah, again, that was just indicative of the the defending you saw from Toronto getting in front of the ball, but everything going wrong and as that ball you know, starts you know trickling toward the end line like well you know this is one of those days where everything's going to find the back of the net there's yep. going to be a lot of joy and uh, i'm glad not to be a toronto fan today so uh, a whole lot of fun yeah you know it's obviously it doesn't work like this but there's there's a small part of me that's like man it would be nice to save some of those goals for the the future you know closer games we're in where we could use one or more but i, I think the the absolute confidence boost that a game like this is going to give this squad. You, you just can't overstate it. Um, we do have a question coming in via Twitter here that I'd like to hit. Uh, thanks to James Lambert for listening to the show early this morning and happy 4th of July. He asked, do you like going into a long break after such a big win or would you rather have another competitive match this week? Um, I'll take a run at that first. Um, I'd like to play today. Uh, you know, coming off of, of a game like that, let's go, you know, we're flying high and, and it, 
the break once again does come at a tough time for for DC United. You know, they smashed Miami back in May, and then they had to go on a two week break. Then destroyed Toronto. Now we're on another two week break. Although we do have the Capital Cup, which we'll talk about in a little bit here. But um, no, I'd, I'd love to have another match this week. I think. I don't know that it's necessarily going to hurt and set the team back, but um, you'd love to have a couple of games in a row here, at least in my mind. What are your thoughts? I, I agree. And again, you have to preface it with the fact that, you know, you talked about the big game against Miami before the, the previous break and this game against Toronto. Those teams are currently 13th and 14th in the conference. So I would love to have another game against Toronto today and tomorrow. <laughs> and uh, Maybe they haven't hopped on the, the plane yet. Uh, it makes Miami in there too, I guess. Yeah, just go back and forth between those two, and uh, you should have an opportunity to pick up a lot of points. Uh, and despite you know them having significantly more expensive rosters than us, but uh, we've hit on that a lot. But you know, to, to answer James' question, I I think I'm you're going to have breaks either way. Uh, you, you can't really control. Oh, you know, we're really going to play well if we have a couple games. Uh, I, I think for me. You take advantage of the opportunity you get. You know, there's plenty of times where we're going to have three games a week. You've heard the coach talk about uh, some frustration when uh, we've got a game and the other team didn't play midweek and uh, trying to schedule it all out. Like you, you can't really meet out the effort. Uh, you just have to take the opportunities when they come. And boy, did DC take advantage of the opportunity we got last night. And what a, what a blast to watch. Yeah, I, I think the only thing you know, possibly worse than going into a long break after a massive win would be to be Toronto right now going into a, a big break because then you have no opportunity to correct it for a couple of weeks. And so, yeah, you certainly, there's no complaints no matter what the schedule gives you after a, a win like this. But yeah, I think ideally we'd be we'd be playing again maybe midweek. Um, before we leave the first half, which we're still in with three goals already on the board, Toronto scored their only goal. Um, actually just, I have the game on here on a replay. It just happened again. Um, it was a beautiful ball from, from Michael Bradley. I'll pause for the U S men's national team fans listening to throw something, um, into Iowa and who, who had a great finish. There wasn't a whole heck of a lot. Bill Hamid could have done. Um, I don't want to say it took the air out of the stadium in, in any way, but there was a little bit of a lump of like, this game's not going to finish three to two. Is it like, we don't want to sweat this out. What were your thoughts on the goal? Yeah, I, you know, I think you phrase it very well to you know talk about the reaction in the stadium because we have seen DC United teams in the past who have taken up big leads. You know, I think it was a Seattle game a couple years ago where you're up three oh, and you somehow managed to lose. I think we had a Toronto game as well where you know you're up three and you end up tying three three. And you know we've had so many opportunities where it's it turned out to disappointment. Uh, I'm sure a lot of longtime fans you know had that like you said lump in the throat saying. Well, you know, things are looking good, but uh, things like that are going to go in. Uh, you know, it was a great finish from Io. It was a you know beautiful ball from Bradley. Again, not a whole lot that Bill could have done. Uh, you could have wanted a little bit better defending. I'm sure that uh, the center backs afterwards were talking to each other, and I'm sure that the coach got on them because he values a clean sheet as much as he values uh, putting up a touchdown. Uh, but the uh, <laughs> At the end of the day, it's hard to complain too much about that one lapse, and I'm sure they'll they'll if you're going to take anything away from work to work on from that, it's uh it's going to be that that marking and that defending in the back. Yeah, and it was a relatively slow start to the second half, at least in terms of this game. Uh, it took until the 71st minute uh, for DC United to to score their fourth their their fourth goal of the game. Uh, Andy Nahar's assist into Paul Ariola 
great finish to go up 4-1. And at that point, there was no doubt the game was definitely put to bed. Uh, and, and, and the subs that quickly followed that from both teams sort of cleared that up. But big finish for Paul. And, and I think, you know, another player who needs some level of confidence. I mean, he's been playing pretty well this season, but he's also had, you know, in the last game had some shots go just wide. And so to, to have a, a great finish there, it can't hurt. Oh yeah, and you know, Paul was mixing it up and involved the whole time. You know, it wasn't like you know, the team was taking a, a break for that middle, you know, forty-five or fifty minutes uh, of the game. But you know, to come back out and really leave no doubt with that—that that was the one that put it away for me. It was you know, everything that happened from there on out was just just enjoyable gravy. But uh, also a beautiful touch by Paul just to you know take it around his defender, leave him standing still and. And Paul's got the quality that I mean, if you give him that much space in the, the box, he's going to find the back of the net sooner or later. And great to see him take that opportunity. Yeah, and, and all within a 10-minute span. So just before this and then – or sorry, I guess a 15-minute span. But just before this and just after this, DC United made four substitutions. Uh, so Griffin Yao, Tony Alfaro, Jamil Assad, and Ola Kamara all checking into the match. Uh, for Adrian Perez, who was a bit silent yesterday. Um, Julian Gressel, oh. who played pretty well. Andy Nahar was outstanding. And Nigel Roberta, who scored uh, you know early in the game and was a presence throughout. But big chance for some of these guys who I, I struggle to call them fringe players because they're all playing pretty well and they've all had moments this season. But I don't think they're cracking the starting lineup anytime soon. Yeah, great to... to- you know, get those guys in, especially when you've got the game fairly well on hand and have the coach say, yeah, well, let's, you know, get some other folks in. And, you know, those guys certainly came out as we'll talk about and uh, showed in the last 10 minutes or so that you know, they've got the same kind of quality that the starters do. And that's a nice problem to be having again, not yeah. to get too far out of ourselves, but if it's a, it's the problem between we're not creating anything, you know, let's see what else we have or, well, you know, things are going great, but let's, you know, get those mix it up and, you know, not, not wear out guys too much. Uh, I'd rather have the, the latter for sure. Uh, it's so nice to be in a position to really see out the game and get some guys in there, particularly Griffin Yao, a guy who, you know, has a lot of talent, but uh, partially because of, you know, opportunities, you know, had some injury issues. Uh, it's sometimes harder for a young guy like Griffin to get on the field in a, uh, a forward role, uh, particularly when you've got guys like Ariel and you know, a couple other high-priced names up front. It's, it, it's, it can be a challenge for him, but uh, he definitely put a punctuation on, on the game there in that 90th minute goal. Yeah, he sure did, and and you know Griffin was one of those players I thought throughout the game was just playing with a chip on his shoulder, playing with confidence. It forced him into a couple of turnovers, which some fans were kind of quick to point out, and is very true. But I think that's that's buying into the style of play of you know you've got to be aggressive, you've got to take chances. You're not going to win them all, uh, but he actually set up uh, Ola Kamara for the fifth goal, uh, so an assist for Griffin in the 81st minute, um, and. Yeah, as, as you mentioned, we'll, we'll kind of skim through these last couple goals pretty quickly here. But in, for the seventh goal, Griffin, one of the better finishes I've seen this season. And, and it was shades, slightly different position, but shades of the goal he scored to equalize against Toronto last year when there were no fans in the crowd. And it was Paul Ariola, I think, trying to make enough noise for the entire supporter section behind closed doors that night. Um, but Griffin got you know the, the, the applause that he certainly deserved. Um, for that goal combined with the one he had last night. It was a great, 
great play, good ball in to keep it in bounds after he played forward to himself and then cut it back and and uh, made the goalkeeper look foolish. Yeah, it, it, that, that can be a challenge from that tight angle, but you know, full credit to him for you know stepping forward and saying, "Hey, there, there, there's a little bit of a window here. I'm going to crack it. Like, why not?" Uh, and like, like you said, Griffin and the other guys really came out and when you're a player and you get a more limited opportunity, you're not on the start. When you enter the game, I don't care if you're up three goals, if you're tied, you want to get out there and show the coach, you know, make it difficult for him, make him understand that you've got talent and ability and that you have a chance to make an impact. Uh, you know, these guys are not out there to, uh, you know, do a little jog around and, you know, just count those last, you know, 10 or 15 minutes. They were there to say, Hey, you know, I've got fitness, I've got, you know, skill, I've got, I'm going to take advantage of my opportunities and uh, certainly did that today. Yeah. And another guy who fits that cat, that box pretty well is Jamil Assad right now, who I thought played pretty well in the last couple of games where he's had, you know, a few minutes and he was able to score uh, last night, found himself pretty open uh, for, for a header in the box and, you know, I think he's a guy who fits this style pretty well. Um, but as we've said a few times, it's it's tough to, to get starting minutes. Um, but if they keep playing like this, there's gonna be plenty of minutes off the bench available for players as well. For sure, yeah. And, and we've we've been tough on uh, Emil, and especially we've we've had uh, some negative things to say about Ola's performance in the last uh, couple of games. Uh, really seems to be hit or miss sometimes. But uh, yeah, to have him, you know, on that. Uh, ball played through. It looked like a very similar goal to Roberto's goal in the first half, but to have him come off the bench and you know, have an opportunity like that where he finishes it off. Uh, you know, we've talked so much about strikers needing to uh, get on a roll and really see the ball find the back of the net. Uh, and I was very happy to see him uh, create there and have it uh, result the way we want it to. Uh, again, scoring three goals in those last 10 minutes. Anyway, you you gotta acknowledge that Toronto is playing a man down. Uh, at, by that point, I think uh, yeah, Zavaleta was sent off in the 78th minute uh, for his second yellow card in about four or five minutes. It seemed like one of those uh, where the player has more or less decided that he is done being involved with uh, the match today. He's going to you know, find his way out. Uh, yeah, that can sometimes be a dangerous situation, and I'm sure that the coaching staff will have you know plenty to say to him about it afterwards and he'll miss the next game for Toronto obviously but uh yeah whether you were up uh it, it, frankly the way DC and I played controlled and uh moved the ball around throughout the game they could have been playing a man up uh the whole time yeah and yeah as the uh graphic said beforehand uh DC and I was playing with 12 with the big Rob so maybe that was the man advantage that they, they needed and um, I'll take that every week yeah, absolutely. And, you know, after the game, the players were absolutely jacked to, to be in that situation. The celebration in front of the supporter section was one of the best I remember since, oh, man, the early Rooney days, perhaps the Orlando game. Um, hilarious video the team tweeted out. We saw it live of, of Griffin and Kevin doing some sort of dance, <laughs> which was hilarious to watch. Uh, and then not too long afterwards – Coach Lasada had the whole team huddled at the center of the pitch, which in a way was almost indicative of something you'd expect to see after like a tough loss. Um, and he he brought them together. And 
I can only imagine what was said, and hopefully we'll find out here in just a second uh, as we listen into listen back to his post game press conference. But um, we put up some content last night looking for wrong answers only of what uh, Coach Lasada had to say to the team there, and something worth checking out on the Twitter feed as as we got some good responses to that. Um, Michael, anything else before we switch over to uh, Coach Lasada's post game thoughts? No, I'm excited to hear it. Again, we have not uh, uh, previewed any of the. Uh material he's going through today so uh we'll be catching it live with all of y'all on here on the show and we'll have some reaction to uh what should be a fairly jubilant uh hernan lasada here uh, just a second here congrats to the congrats to the to all the players and very happy to have such a performance playing at home at how feel with so many fans go ahead Sif. Okay, thanks, Renan. Um, what, obviously, you never expect to score seven goals. Um, I'm sure you like to score as many as possible, of course. But in those early moments, uh, to score three goals very quickly, what did you see from the team, from the coordination, from the attack that uh, led you to that point? Well, I saw what, what we asked for and what we trained for and that was to play dominant soccer from the very first second uh, every home game I know on the road is, is kind of difficult it's not the same especially in this league but every home game we want to start this way we want to be dominant and we want the, to be the team dictating the speed of the game and of course when you score uh, so quickly um, not only one not only two but three goals especially after those performances uh, a couple of weeks ago where we create so much, but we couldn't score. Yeah, it's a relief. It's like a, a lot of weight goes out of your shoulders and, and the forwards start to get confidence and the whole team starts to get confidence. And even though with the 3-0, I, I always try for perfection and I push my players to the limits. And with the 3-0, we make a mistake and we go to the halftime with the 3-1 giving them a little bit of hope and well that's also something to correct and that's why my speech during the halftime was guys no mistakes take it seriously don't start to be arrogant don't start to do things that you never did before and go for the fourth one and when you score the fourth one you go for the fifth one because that's the way we want to play and that's we 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 we, we need to do that every home game and every time you have the opportunity especially when you come in from games where it was so hard for us to score and today is the day then let's go for it and when you see the attitude of the substitution players who are willing to prove something willing to to take profit of every minute they get well it makes me happy to think that we are a group of 20 22 23 players who are willing to do whatever it takes to to hold the points at home and that's the 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 the, the strongest part of this team the togetherness and no matter how many minutes i get i'm gonna do my best jason you can go ahead next uh iron on uh congrats obviously a very big day uh for you and for the team um i was curious uh to ask about i know you've said not to ask too many about individual performances but uh andy nahar seemed to have a lot of success both as part of the back three and then playing uh, in the front three later in the game. Um, how far has he come along since he came in early in the season? You had to build him up physically, obviously. 
the progress that Andy has, has made is impressive. Um, Nico, Nicolas Frutos and me, we know him very well from uh, Belgium, from Anderlecht. Uh, uh, Nico was working together with him in Anderlecht. And to be honest, nobody believed in him. Absolutely no one. No club, no people in this world believed in him. And this United gave him an opportunity. Um, we went very slowly, step by step, uh, to the point that he didn't play any single friendly game during preseason. And we were working uh, and building up. And that's why we are so happy with uh, the progress and the way he's playing right now. But knowing that uh, still, still not enough, he needs to keep on working. He needs to keep on taking care of his body. Uh, he was recording his progress. He was he was close to was close to, to stop with football. Uh, I mean, uh, he has been three four years dealing with a lot of injuries, and that's why I'm I'm so happy for him. So happy for him because he has so much talent, uh, and the only thing he needed was staff and a club who who give him a second chance, who support him in this difficult moment. Um, and, and well, do you see the results after 11, 12 games? That's it, guys. Oh, Hernan, uh, felicitaciones en la, por, la victor, por la victoria hoy. Uh, quiero preguntar, ya que después de este partido va a haber un, pa, un paro de unas dos semanas a, a, por la Copa de Oro y va a haber un torneo internacional que van a jugar durante ese, ese periodo de paro. ¿Cómo, cómo, va, ¿Cómo pretendes usar este tiempo para, usar, para ver más jugadores que no han tenido muchos minutos en, en esos partidos amistosos? Mira, los partidos amistosos serán utilizados, como usted bien dice, para darle minutos a los chicos que no jugaron tanto, para también analizar y ver ciertos chicos de Loudoun United eh, y algunos chicos recibirán descanso eh, sabiendo que luego de este break viene otro momento de partidos muy seguidos así que varios chicos no van a jugar ninguno de los tres partidos y utilizaremos estos partidos para darle oportunidades a aquellos que jugaron menos pero también siendo muy precavidos sabiendo que el jugador también necesita descanso, que descansar también es parte del entrenamiento y lo más importante es tener a todos disponibles para el próximo partido contra Filadelfia, sabiendo que perderemos también a Paul y a Donovan por tres o cuatro semanas y que hay algunos chicos regresando de lesiones, como Steven, como Edison Flores, como Drew Scandridge, como Chris O'Doy, Así que les daremos también minutos a ellos y utilizaremos estos partidos para esas cosas. La prioridad será el descanso y que todo el mundo dentro del equipo llegue de la mejor manera posible al próximo enfrentamiento que es Philadelphia United Union. One last question for Hernan, Sarah, go ahead. Question for Hernan, Sarah, go ahead. Good evening, coach. Congratulations on a great match. I know in the past you've mentioned that there have been some challenges with kind of rushing in front of goal in the final third, maybe not taking an extra touch where it was needed. And 
tonight everything just seemed to click. So what was it that brought such a confident performance that we saw in the field tonight? A lot of training, a lot of individual meetings, uh, showing clips to the players, showing everything, what they have been done the last weeks, all the positives, always focus on the positive. I'm a very positive coach who likes to give trust and confidence in difficult moments. It's very easy to give trust and confidence when everything is going well. But you need to, to support them when it's going less good. And obviously now with seven goals, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know how many times this United scored seven goals in in uh, his history. Never. Uh, never. never. First time ever for this United to score seven goals. And I'm very happy to be part of that. So after 12 games, we already write a little bit of history. After 12 games, we already have five victories, the same amount of victories that this team had in 2020. A lot of positives. And we're going to keep on um, pushing and, and talking on the positives uh, because that's the best way to correct the things that are going less well of less good and positive vibe and positive energy. I, I believe a lot in that. So, so stay together when it's not going the way we would like to go and you see the result today. So unbelievable, happy and two, three days now. So uh, let's, let's have some fun. Let's enjoy this, this moment. And on Tuesday, we start again. That's DC United head coach Hernan Lozada giving the boys two days off, uh, which is big news, and also celebrating the fact that um, that's the biggest win in DC United's MLS history. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think you heard a lot of uh, similar things coming out of coach that we were just talking about. You know, particularly he mentioned you know subs coming in late and having an impact. And also fascinating to hear his discussion on Andy Nahar. Uh, as he said, you know, a guy who had success in Anderlecht, uh, you know, an area that Lasada is very familiar with and has had an opportunity to to catch Andy in the past. To have him come back to DC after you know making that move uh, out to Los Angeles and not really having it come off for him, uh, just so happy to see him playing well here and you know we talked early on the season about you know, potential injury concerns not just andy but across the board you know this was a, a team that could barely field uh a 14 man roster much less an 18 or a 23 yeah. but uh you know shout out to the the training staff and the coaching staff for you know managing their way through it you know you're starting to you know see what this team is going to look like the rest of the season again you can't control for all the injuries, but uh, a guy like Nahar, who's clearly having a resurgence and uh, an exciting time, you got to give a lot of credit to the, the guys who are keeping him out there on the field. Yeah, and I think the big thing that kind of stuck out to me was at the end, you know, matched the win total of 2020 already. Um, and, and look, 2020 was a jacked up year, season, the slew of injuries, conditions that everybody had to deal with, but... It wasn't easy, um, but to to be there already in a roster that's largely unchanged from last year. Granted, they're a little bit healthier, um, but they certainly weren't at the beginning of the season. You know, I, I think there were a couple games our bench was five people. Um, other teams able to make five subs. That was all we had. Um, and, and to get to this point now, where we're just over a third of the way through the season, um, and to have already matched the win total from last year, I, I don't know realistically where our expectations were we can go back to the tail of the tape from preseason but 
I don't think we had DC United quite this far ahead at this point in the season, and I, I recognize we've played Miami twice, we've played Toronto, we've played some teams that aren't that great, but they're comfortable, and I think they're, they're, Losada's getting what he wants out of this team. I wouldn't want to see DC United on the schedule if I was an opposing team at this point. Doesn't mean they don't make mistakes, doesn't mean they don't have vulnerabilities, but I wouldn't want to see them coming up. Oh, absolutely not. You know, with a team that's enjoying the soccer they're playing, with a team that is, you know, finally finding the back of the net, you know, even if you are a team that's able to, you know, control the game and uh, handle what DC is going to throw at you, it's going to be a long night because they're going to keep pressing, they're going to keep going forward. They're not going to, I don't know if this team knows how to park the bus. But, and, you know, but for, certainly uh, fun to watch. And yeah, it's kind of a, a weird season. Like you said, we've, we've had, you know, a couple games against Miami, a game against Toronto. Uh, so the, those five wins, I think one came against Chicago, two against two against Miami and one against Toronto. Uh, those three teams are the bottom three teams of the East. So yeah. we can't start crowning them yet or put, put them in the playoffs, but... Right now, DC United's in sixth, uh, 16 points through 12 games. That's a pretty solid mark. Uh, You've got a lot of teams sitting there in that 16, 17-point area. Uh, And a lot of teams at the top that you aren't used to seeing. Like New England's leading the the conference, Orlando in second. Uh, And then there's big money teams. Atlanta, Cincinnati, Miami, and Toronto are four of the bottom five teams. Uh, It's a a strange year, but uh, certainly happy to to see it for DC United because it's been a long time coming. Yeah. And as you dissect the standings just a little bit, I mean, we played new England at a really close one nil game away early in the season when we didn't have the full roster available. They're in first place, but I don't think that that's a team that particularly scares DC United at this point. They've got a lot of talent. They're playing well, but I, I don't see them as head and shoulders above the rest of the conference. Orlando playing pretty well. They frustrated Lasada quite a bit in the last game. I suspect the game plan will be slightly different for, for DC United when we see them again. Philly uh, is, is a team that we played super close at home again. And, you know, when you look at the teams that we got beat pretty handily by, San Jose was playing well at the time, but they're not very good right now. I think that result goes differently. And, you know, Columbus was an interesting game, but that was another challenging away game, third away game in a row, if I recall correctly, still weren't fully healthy. And we played pretty well in that game with the exception of a couple of bad own goals. That's a point or three as well. And so, I, I recognize we're on a run of games against bad teams right now, um, but I, I don't think that that's the only reason this team's seeing success, and I suspect they're going to play a lot of these teams that are leading the conference uh, pretty close going forward. Yeah, and, and to bounce back after uh, a tough finish to last week's game, you know, anytime that you give up a goal the way we did to finish that game off, uh, it, it's tough, and you know, it, I think it tells you something about this team's resiliency and what they're going to do coming out to basically put that completely uh, in the rear mirror and uh, come out and leave no doubt uh, about how the result was going to go in this uh, game against Toronto. Yeah, and let's send it back to the podium and hear from one of the players. Hey, Paul. Great game tonight. Hi, guys. Thank you very much. Steve, you can go ahead and ask your question. Hey, Paul. Can you hear me okay? 
Yes, I can. Okay, good. Hey, um, so this club has done a lot of good things uh, this year, but obviously scoring goals has been a little slow to come along. What uh, what led to the breakthrough, you think, today? Uh, I don't know, man. I, I think just being, um, you know, persistent and, and, and continuing to believe. Um, you know, I, I to be honest with you, nothing nothing changed during the week. Uh, the way we prepared, we, we prepared the, the way we, we have week in and week out. Um, and it just shows that, that sometimes you can be informed and sometimes, you know, things won't go your way, but today, obviously everything went our way. Um, and I think everyone, everyone feels really good about the way that, that we went about it and, uh, won the game with, with real conviction. Jose Imana, you can ask your question. Hey, Paul, congrats on the win. Um, Thank you. I know you said nothing's changed, but what was some of the strategy coming in offensively to counteract? Toronto's defense. Do you mind telling a little more? Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, we've gone through uh, a few a few weeks now where we've prepared for for teams to play a certain way in a certain formation, um, and they've come in and they've completely changed the way that they do things. And I think for us, that's a that's a real advantage um, because they try and match us, right? They they came and, and started with a three back, and for us, um, you know, we want that. We want we want to be able to be isolated uh, with our with our forwards against their center backs. Uh, and play wing wing back to wing back. You know, this is this is the way we play. This is what we do. Uh, and when teams have to come in and kind of change the way that they, they might be used to doing something, uh, you know, it, it really benefits us. And and so I think that was kind of the key, right? Like, you know, we still have our same principles. We're still we're we're still making the same movement. We're still looking for uh, the same ways to get in behind and 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 you know the interchanging positions. All that stuff is 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 the same really. And, and it was today was uh, you know obviously a, a breakthrough type game. Uh, and hopefully going forward, uh, you know, we can continue that. Jason, you can go ahead and ask your question. Hi, Paul. Congrats. Uh, thanks for speaking with us. Um, I wanted to ask, you know, being, you know, wearing the captain's armband these last few games, um, I know you've been close with a lot of the younger players on the team, and this game kind of can serve as like a proof of concept for guys like Kevin and, and Griff to score, and, and even, you know, Nigel coming in as a new player and getting his second goal. Um, how important was this for, for guys like that, where these games at home have been, you know, you've had most of the play, but the goals haven't quite come. And then today, obviously you scored seven. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, you know, I, I, I always say this, I remember what it's, what it was like to be a young guy and a new guy on a team, um, and how important it is to, to feel confident and, and to feel, um, like you're able to express yourself. Um, and, and, you know, for me, the, the captain's, the captain's van is, you know, I, I think I've always kind of been a leader on the team and, and, you know, that doesn't really change, change too much. I still leave everything I have on the field and, and do everything I can to help, to help my team win. Um, but more than that, it's just the relationships that I have with the young guys, uh, you know, to keep them going and to keep them going regardless of, of the good moments or the bad moments, you know, to, 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 you know, give them confidence is, is really what it is because, you know, when I was young, I remember the types of players that were tough to play with because uh, you knew they were going to be yelling at you or, or they kind of just didn't let you be free. And, and, you know, as I grew older, I knew I wasn't going to be that, that person. Uh, you know, I want to be able to let these guys play because look at the potential that they have, look at the way that they play uh, and, and, you know, the, the type of change that they can make to, to teams, right. Kevin finally gets his first goal. Griffin has had a good run of games uh, that have come, you know, after a frustrating time of him not playing a lot. And obviously Moses, uh, you know, being able to, to be an influential player coming in late uh, in today's game. But, 
um, you know, it, it's just about it's just about giving them confidence and letting them uh, express themselves freely, really. Voices, you can ask your question. Hey, Paul, un abrazo. Gracias. Bueno, gracias por el tiempo y, y felicitaciones en la actuación del día de hoy. Eh, ¿Piensas que por fin se dio algo que venías tú hablando hace tiempo que era cuestión de creer y tener paciencia? Hoy parece que todo funcionó para el equipo. Eh, de tu experiencia, ¿qué fue lo que vistes? Y este ha sido tal vez el triunfo más, más amplio como jugador a nivel de clubes para ti. Sí. Moisés, te voy a decir que, que vamos a, a seguir igual. Eh, tuvimos un, un, un gran partido eh, contra Miami, en Miami, eh, y pensábamos que, que ya estábamos arriba de, de todos. Eh, yo creo que hoy eh, entendemos que cada partido que, que salgamos a jugar tenemos que, que demostrar y, y tenemos que eh, eh, agarrar el, el respeto de, de todos los, los equipos en, en la liga eh, pero es cuestión de, de nosotros y cómo, cómo jugamos eh, hoy obviamente se siente eh, increíble meter goles y, y ganar así eh, para, pero para mí el, el más importante es que, que sigamos así que nomás fue un partido no, no, es, no es el final de de, del torneo, este fue un partido y el más importante es lo que viene, el, el próximo partido eh, tenemos que, que salir igual y, y creer que eh, podemos lo, lograr todo que, que queremos este año Hey Paul, congratulations on the win and also on your call up to the USMT for the Gold Cup uh, I just want to ask uh, how does a dominant result like, or a big result like this, such a dominant performance, help the team's morale going forward into the international break for the Gold Cup and heading into the game against Philadelphia? Yeah, it feels good. You know, I think um, obviously, you know, the last game uh, hurt a lot, right? And, and it's funny the way that sports work. And, you know, the thing is you can never get too low uh, after a game and you can never get too high after a game because – uh, you know, games come quickly and you have a new chance, uh, you know, the, the minute you step on the field for the, for the following game. And, and so for us, I think it's just going game at a time. Right. And, and yeah, we enjoy it. We'll, we'll enjoy it for the next couple of days. Uh, but then it's back to work. Uh, you know, we, we still have a long way to go. It was only one game. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, uh, the final of, of, you know, the MLS cup, this was just uh, a game at home that we felt that we should have won. Um, and you know what, we, we would take, we would take the three points, uh, if it would, if it would have been a scrappy game and we would have scored one zero on a no goal, you know, it, it, at the end of it, it's three points, uh, you know, individually, I'm sure it feels good for all of us to be able to get a goal, goal and assist, you know, all that stuff. Um, but again, it, it's just one game. And, and so we have to continue to work. We have to continue to believe, uh, believe in, in, you know, what we're doing believe in each other, uh, and then believe in ourselves because, uh, you know, that's, that's the most important. And, and obviously, uh, you know, this one feels good for, for the fans and, and, you know, to show them love. Obviously, we haven't scored a lot of goals at home this year. So, uh, you know, that feels good to, to have everyone cheering. That's DC United's captain, Paul Ariola joining the media availability uh, after last night's game. And, you know, he said it. It's it's the belief and it's the, the we're going to get three points no matter what. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the, a game like yesterday does nothing but build your confidence, uh, you know, to find the back of the net to have a successful result. You know, again, against a team that historically has been class of the league these last decade or so, you know, maybe we're at the, the back end of that and we're, you know, <laughs> Uh, not going to go too far out there, but maybe we're moving into a, a DC United uh, a decade of, uh, of prominence here. Uh, Paul, you know, talked a little bit about the importance of having the captain's armband and having that responsibility as a leader on the team. And you know, he really uh, bears that out, you know, day in, day out. He's, you know, like he said, he's working a lot with the young guys. You saw uh, appearances from lots of homegrown players. Bill Hamid, you know, a veteran now, but still a homegrown guy. Uh, Donovan Pines out there uh, with a, a solid game. Uh, Kevin Paredes, you know, what a day for him. Moses Nyman and Griffin Yell both can get again late and, you know, having an impact as well. This is a team that's got a lot of young guys out there and they benefit a lot from a veteran presence like Paul. And you saw a little bit of the, uh, the multifaceted skill set from Paul as well, answering the, uh, the question in Spanish there, you know, <laughs> from his uh, time back with uh, Cholos and, and Tijuana. Uh, obviously, I'm a man of many talents and uh, a player close to all of our hearts. Yeah, and having talked to, you know, Paul and Griffin and Kevin on the show before, they, they've all talked about that. You know, it's important to Paul to be a mentor to the young players, and I, I think the young guys have also all said, you know, he's, he's a guy who's always there for them. You know, I vividly remember how excited Paul was for Griffin's first goal last year. He was one of the first players over to congratulate um, Kevin last night, and of course, awesome assist from Griffin, and then a, a great exclamation point as the replay of the game here shows Yamil Asad tackling Griffin Yao after setting him up for the sixth goal of the night and uh, they're having a lot of fun um, and I think that the togetherness of this group is huge and I want to talk just a little bit here before we go to the last player um, both Kevin Paredes and uh, Moses Nyman it sounds like will be joining the the men's national team for training at least ahead of the Gold Cup sessions uh, they were on the preliminary roster they did not get called into the final roster but of course Donovan Pines and Paul Ariola did and so big opportunity there for the homegrown contingent to continue to work together uh, for the Stars and Stripes uh, along with their their mentor Paul um, and so I, I think that that's that's huge opportunity for them um, not only working together, but as they start to embark on what's hopefully a, a prosperous national team career as well. Oh, for sure. And, uh, you know, um, we're obviously can talk a little bit about the Gold Cup uh, coming up here in these next few weeks. Uh, it sounds like, you know, the, you know, obviously Paul and Donovan are on the the main roster, but uh, having these other two guys and, and Nyman Prietis out there working with the team, you know, potentially available as an injury uh, if that develops. Uh, but, you know, again, not wishing that on anybody, but it, it's going to be a long month. You know, we expect that the the men's team is going to make it out of their group and progress. Uh, and we're going to have a, a little bit of a hole there if uh, you've got four guys, you know, who are contributing massively for this club uh, once we come past this uh, gold curve break there. But again, such a great opportunity for them to, you know, really show what they can do. And I'm completely fine with it if, uh, DC United is playing with uh, four guys uh, who make the, the national team roster. Uh, again, Gold Cup, it's a, a little bit of a different uh, beast. You know, we've got a, a Euro movement going on there, but uh, again, nothing but uh, happiness for, for those guys with that opportunity. Yeah, and it certainly opens up the possibility for some of the guys we talked about who've been playing well and they've been coming in as substitutes. 
there's at least going to be a Donovan Pine-sized hole in the back line, which is a very large-sized hole for the record, um, to potentially allow Stephen Birnbaum to come back in and, and uh, you know, maybe Griffin Yao or Jamil Assad are able to step in for Paul. And, and a name that we haven't talked about here in a while, uh, but it's, we're coming up on that six-week mark. Edison Flores, you know, had that injury at the end of May. Oh, that's right. A, a name that we haven't heard that, uh, you know, one of these United's DB players, uh, you know, hard to, to mess with a good thing right now with uh, the results you've been getting, but if he can find a way to, to slot in and take advantage of the, the opportunities coming up here uh, in these next few weeks, uh, you know, again, hope his injury is uh, progressing and, and healing and he'll be uh, up to that fitness level that Lasada demands, but uh, he's, he's going to have his opportunities here and uh, I think we're all hoping that he takes it. Yeah, I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up because looking at a game like last night you know i've talked on the last couple of shows about how you you know goals don't all have to come from the the striker position and they shouldn't all come from the striker position and we saw last night that they they certainly don't have to there's plenty of players on this team that are capable of finding the back of the net in many ways and boy is it a roster right now ripe for a return of a guy like edison flores because if they keep playing like this the weight of the entire team's success won't be on Flores' shoulders. And and I think that that's the type of system that he needs right now to get his confidence under him. You know, he's had a really rocky introduction to MLS between injuries, COVID-19, you know, interrupting everything, no crowds in stands, comes back this year, starts to maybe get going, and he gets hurt again. Um, and so to come back to a team that, hasn't lost six games in a row and is just you know starving for their number 10 to come back, it's potentially a really good situation for him to return to. For sure. Yeah. And, uh, again, nothing but opportunities moving forward. Uh, and perhaps you know, the break and the, uh, the, con- the fixture congestion comes at a good time for those guys. MLS is not a league where you can have a best 11 and just roll that week in, week out. There's always going to be injuries. There's always going to be call-ups. There's always going to be, you know, weird things going on. Uh, most years you've got open cup games to work with. Uh, there's plenty of different competitions. You see uh, regularly the best teams in the league are teams that are able to get uh, production across the board, not just relying on that, that top 11. Uh you know, you, we've talked about how he lost as a long season and you're really aiming to set yourself up to come playoffs. Uh, and, then, and that's what you do. You, you you get the guys out there. You get the points where you can. You uh, you, you grind it out. You have some great games like you, you have yesterday. Um, but then by the time you get to the end of the season, you've settled into you know, what your team can do best, what the guys give you the best opportunity to win. And even then, who knows when somebody's going to pull up with a, a hamstring injury or uh, – the next guy has to be ready to slot up. So uh, it's such a, a great opportunity for these guys uh, moving forward. And let's hope they take it. You know, the, the coach has shown that he's, uh, you know, willing to give guys minutes, willing to, to mix things up a bit. And if you buy into the system, if you, you play the way that he's trying to play, you're, you're going to get an opportunity. And you can't really ask for much more than that as a player. No, you can't. And let's send it back to the press room for the final player availability uh, of the match. Good. Hey, Kevin. Great match tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Here's uh, Steve for the first question. Hey, Kevin. Congratulations. Uh, uh, Describe not just your goal, but the uh, 
the rush of goals early for the team and the level of confidence that you guys showed, um, especially early in the match. Yeah, um, coming off the NYCFC game, we were devastated that it ended how it was. And I think this game, we, we came with that anger and that, um, that motivation from last game and, you know, tuck it in early. And then my goal was, for me, was a moment that I'm never going to forget in my life. My family's never going to forget. Uh, yeah, the rush of goals today was, you know, unreal. We got we to thank the fans, the coaches for, you know, believing in us and all the hard work and preparation for this game. Uh, it showed today. And I can't be more proud of my uh, myself and especially the team. Sarah, can I have a second question? Hey, Kevin, congratulations on a fantastic match and your first goal. It's definitely, it's been a long time coming. I know a lot of people are really happy right along with you. And I was wondering, could you walk us through your thought process when you got that ball? What was going through your head? Yeah, uh, many talks with Hernan. Um, basically, my positioning is to be in that spot. He said, if I'm in that spot, something's good going to happen. You know, I had that spot against Miami. And we all know that, you know, I unfortunately missed that one. But I knew if I ever got that chance again, I was going to put that one away. Um, uh, once it came to me, I, uh, I just, I don't know, I swung through it. I saw it go top bins, you know, and I, I was very excited. Um, I got to thank my, especially my parents for, you know, always believing in me. My mom, you know, she would always take me to DC Academy training when she was in college. So she would, you know, do a lot of her schoolwork in the car on late nights for me. My dad always, you know, uh, worked very hard for myself and my, my, my two brothers to keep us out of trouble. Um, and I got to give big thanks to my agent for giving me some confidence that, you know, I'd never had in my life. And then most of all is the man above for always looking out for me and my family. Jose, now with your question. Congrats, Kevin, on the win. Um, uh, you, like it was mentioned earlier, you don't expect seven goals in this match. So what things do you think you guys still need to work on heading with these two weeks off to prepare you guys for Philadelphia? Yeah, we got to keep the same hunger and same motivation to go into Philly. Um, you can tell we're a different team now. We're from the first game to this game. We're a lot more motivated. We're getting our chances. And uh, I've always hear coach, like, once we get our chances, we're going to start tucking them away. The more we get, we're going to tuck them away like we did today. And next game against Philly, we, we're going to bring this, you know, this fight and energy that we did today and bring it over for the next game. And then one last question. Mario, go ahead. Hey, Kevin, congratulations on getting your first uh, career goal. Uh, career goal. I just got to ask. Um, how finally getting the first goal, how is that able to uh, become more of a is it, a, it become more of a confidence booster uh, moving forward? Yeah, um, throughout my whole academy career, I always scored more than 15 goals each each season. So, you know, not scoring one last season, uh, getting a late goal this this season. I always just need one goal to start getting going. You know, I'm going to get like I did. I got my first one today and that's going to keep motivating me, keep you know, keep me hungry for more goals. I'm a goal scorer, so I'm going to, you know, stick to my word and keep scoring as many as I can for this club. That's DC United's Kevin Paredes coming off the first goal of his MLS career and uh, certainly a great friend of our show. 
what more can you say? Uh, the heart of this kid and and the talent of this kid that's now shining through. The future's bright for DC United. Oh, for sure. You know, obviously we've talked ad nauseum about uh, you know our love for Kevin's game and uh, you know him as a person who's uh, you know definitely a a shining star on this team and so great to see him. You know, and let's be fair, some of the you know good things coming out of last year. The fact that you got a chance to see Kevin Prez on the field and really start to get some of those minutes in a season that, for all intents and purposes, was lost. You, you no way to sugarcoat it, but you know, you're seeing you know a chance for Kevin to start making uh, a real impact this season. And you know, he's a guy who's made his way onto the field, he's you know, playing that outside back winger position. You know, not often that you hear a guy playing that role saying, Yeah, I'm a goal scorer, you know. But yeah, he's you know a guy who's played a lot of different spots on the field and has uh, adjusted well to the, the Lasada system. Coming back from injury over the off season, he's you know, a guy who's you know, having a fantastic season so far. He's you know, <laughs> again, what more can you say? Uh, I, I, I did think it was interesting. You know, you heard him talking a little bit. Uh, we mentioned his sitter against Miami earlier that he uh, he completely flubbed and. You've got to have, be, you know, to channel our, our Ted Lasso. You've got to be a, a goldfish to some extent, you know, right. <laughs> forgetting about uh, the bad things that you've done before. But uh, you can't tell me that these players aren't excited to have a game where everything goes right and to to get off to such a great start. You know, wow, what a game! What a what a great time for Kevin. And it's so well deserved for him. He's absolutely right. And and just to hear, you know, I mean, man, it. I have so much respect for him. You know, it's such a young kid and, and he, not only does he say all the right things, but he, he does all the right things. And you know, you, it's, it's hard to do that. It's hard to get a, a goal or a missed opportunity like that out of your head and to, to turn it into such a positive for him of like, yeah, I should have finished that. But instead of dwelling on it and, and letting it bother me, I'm going to keep getting in position because that's what coach says to do. And next time I have a chance, not only am I going to put it on frame, I'm going to put it where no one can stop it right in front of 10,000 screaming fans. And it's it's enormous for his confidence, and the sky's the limit for this guy. I, I'm so excited for him. Hey, yeah, I don't think he called for 15 goals, but if he's used to scoring 15, uh, I, I will take it, and we will be all on board for uh, you know, this and many more Kevin Prince goals moving forward. This is a guy that guaranteed he'd bring us an MLS Cup, so I, I'm just assuming he's going to start scoring 15 goals a season now. <laughs> and not one of those rusty old ones we've got uh, sitting around in a team shop. I'm like a brand new one. That's right. <laughs> With that, let's transition into our Man of the Match segment. Uh, the team last night, as voted on by fans, awarded the Man of the Match to Andy Nahar. Uh, Michael Black, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think I uh, may have previewed it a little bit earlier. Uh in a game where seven guys score and you've got a complete team performance, I I, I can't disagree with giving it to Andy Nahar. Like I said, he he was involved in creating all of those opportunities. I felt like you know a man who's all over the place, uh, really animating the game, doing, and he's flourishing so well in the system. Uh, I've got no problem with giving it to Nahar. Honorable mission to Kevin, of course, because he uh, had his you know first goal and you know. So excited to see that, but for me, uh, in a game where so many people score, the man who uh, made it happen uh, gets the credit for me. So, Andy Nahar. 
yeah, Joshua and Sam will be will be proud of us for uh, both choosing a non goal scorer uh, because you know as, as they repeatedly tell us, it doesn't always have to go to a goal scorer. Even in a seven one performance, I'm with you. Andy Nahar had just a phenomenal game, um, and and so happy for for him as a human. You know, coming back from all the challenges he's had, and and he's pulling the strings out there. Um, what did, did two assists last night? I'm yeah, scrolling through too, very quickly. Yeah, felt like a lot more. Yeah, and um, I mean he's he's got the best balls in the league. I'm I'm not ashamed to say it. Uh, he he's played so so well, and uh, yeah, honorable mentions to to all the goal scorers. You know, Kevin, outstanding way to, to start the game. Um, I'm sure. I you know I, I don't know, man. I, I feel like it's it's too easy to say that Sam would have given man of the match to Kevin tonight, but I think there would have been good shouts from from both of those guys for for Andy Nahar as well. It would not have been as much of a stretch as it has been sometimes. <laughs> um, speaking yeah, you mentioned of, earlier, oh, good. Yeah, you mentioned earlier. It, it's it's tough when you uh, need to miss a game, and uh, you know we obviously you know you can tune into our show every time we're we're live after games and uh, breaking it down. But you know, that's the thing we love about the sport is giving opportunity to you know go out and enjoy it. You know. You never know what's going to happen. Uh, thinking about some, thinking back to some of the amazing uh, moments at Audi Field uh, and at RFK beforehand. You know, we we show up every week and uh, hoping for the best, and sometimes it doesn't come through. But uh, with an opportunity like we got yesterday to watch uh, a historic game for DC United, such a such a blast and such a, a fun experience to be a part of. Yeah, and that's exactly where I wanted to go next. Was you know we've all seen so many good games over the years and, and we could talk about the the best games that that we've been to i, I want to talk a little bit about the best game that you didn't get to go to um for, for me it, it sticks out pretty clearly it was the the 2018 season everything was clicking in the second half we played a home game what felt like every other day because our field opened late in the season uh lucha Roo was at the absolute peak um, and I was away uh, in Maine to attend a wedding uh, for, for my cousin, which was a great time. The food was phenomenal. Um, but I had my, my phone out on a janky Wi-Fi connection, and the, the stream was kind of bad. That could be a flow sports joke. But 5-0 DC United over Montreal, that was the game I missed. And that was like the, the coming out party of, you know, we're going to tear this thing up. MLS Cup is, is, is a possibility this year. Of course, we all know how that ended. But to me, missing that game – that was tough. That that's one that will always stick out to me. Is I wish I was there. Is there one for you? Uh, for sure. I, I think there are two that come to mind. As far as far as a, a game that was just a goal fest and a lot of fun to watch. Uh, there was a game that we had against. Uh, I think it was RSL a couple years ago. Uh, Hattrick Mullins. Uh, so yeah, I did say Hattrick Mullins because yep. you know he, he scored I think three or four game, goals that game, and I had to miss it and. Uh, but the other one that comes to mind first was one that I missed was, uh, you know, our playoff game against Columbus, uh, a game that at the end of the day did not go our way. That was, uh, you know, a frustrating way to finish, but to have Nick Dale hit that, uh, beautiful finish, uh, in overtime to really push it all the way was, uh, <laughs> that was probably the toughest one to miss because you know, the circumstances involved with, uh, why couldn't be there, but it was, uh, yeah, it's, it's always tough to, to miss a game, but, uh, there's a reason we show up week in week out and uh we miss it when we don't so yeah for sure uh and we look forward to seeing joshua and sam back very soon coming up for the black and red we've got the capital cup 
for what that's worth. Uh, they play LD Alajuense on July the 7th, Club Puebla on July 11th, and Alianza FC on the 14th. Um, we'll see sort of what we do as a show. I don't believe we're planning to, to cover those games, uh, but perhaps we'll be able to use it as, a, as an opportunity to, to test getting back in the stadium. We're still working on that, which is why we're talking to you uh, on, on Sunday morning instead of right after the game. Um, but just real quick on the Capital Cup, you know, what do you expect to see from DC United in this competition? Well, I'm a little surprised to see DC United's badge on there because I'm thinking it's going to be a lot of Loudon uh, <laughs> products out there. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, like we've talked about before, we're, we're happy to, to see the team uh, putting out a field to use, and you, you've got a little bit of a break here, but. Uh, I think you'll see a chance for maybe some guys to get some minutes who haven't been able to uh, do it recently. Uh, I think you'll see a lot of Latin products from DC United. I hope that the level of play is something that is high enough to make it worthwhile and make it be fun to do. But I also do not want anyone coming out of these games that don't matter a whole lot to uh, you know potentially pick up an injury. Uh, you, sure. you can't be top you priority. Can't be, yeah, you can't <laughs> be scared of uh, of getting hurt. You, that as soon as you do that, you're uh, going to run into a whole different set of mental challenges. But uh, yeah, and just hope everyone stays safe and you know maybe we'll, we'll, we'll see some fun soccer. You know, a couple of big names there to uh, from like Alawinze and uh, Pueblo, you know, teams that we've seen in Champions League uh, over over the years. Uh, it should be fun. I think we'll we'll try to make uh, an appearance or two, and uh, yeah, I guess that's. And, and to be fair, these meaningless tournaments can sometimes be awesome. Uh, I think back to uh, playing. I think it was a tournament in Dallas where the winner of the preseason tournament was awarded an armadillo, and that's nice most recent trophy. Yeah, <laughs> and, and potentially most awesome trophy. <laughs> I don't know if there's much potential about it, you know. <laughs> as, as far as a trophy goes, it's much better than a plate or a, a big cup. But uh, you know, we'll, we'll take all the silverware we can get. So maybe a uh, team has cooked up something uh, special for the Capital Cup winners. Yeah, I'm with you on on the tournament as a whole. I, I look forward to seeing many of the homegrowns who we haven't seen a whole lot of. Jacob Green, hopefully, um, DC United uh, just signed uh, Jeremy Garay as a homegrown deal. Uh, so as a midfielder, good opportunity for him to get some minutes. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of players on on this side who haven't seen a whole lot of playing time lately. So I think it'll be a good opportunity for them. And as you mentioned, you know the Loudon United players, big opportunity for them. I mean, to see guys like Kyra Mustafa and Johnny Bolivar play in these games i think it's going to be super super exciting because those are those are playmakers um they're they're obviously at at a lower level in terms of the league right now but um they're young guys you know they've got a chance to potentially break into the fringes of this dc united team and this is a good opportunity to do it in what i gotta expect will be pretty decent crowds with the teams that are coming um you know obviously we know the the south american and the hispanic population in the dc area is massive and so I'm excited to see, you know, what sort of crowd some of these some of these other teams in the cup bring to Audi Field. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. You know, it's great to see the DC United trying to tap into the market and uh, you know put out a product that's uh, enjoyable to watch and you know, hopefully will bring some additional uh, fans in. You know, folks who you know maybe aren't going to go to a game but haven't really had that final push to go. But once you get out there, once you have a chance to visit Audi Field and 
you know, in, enjoy everything that the game day experience has to offer. Uh, it, it's hard uh, not to get hooked. Uh, obviously, we are. That's uh, that's why we follow the team. That's why we uh, support week in and week out. It, it's it's a blast to watch. So uh, again, let's have some fun at the Capital Cup. Yeah, no, for sure. And you know, speaking of, if you can't make it out to the games, as I'm continuing to rewatch the game from last night, um, all three DC United games will be televised on NBC Sports Washington. So great to see local TV availability for the games as well. I take that to say that the other games each night won't be broadcast. Uh, so if you're interested in seeing the other game and, and kind of how things stack out in the standings, um, you'll have to come out to Audi Field. But one ticket gets you two games every night, which is exciting. Um, and speaking of Loudoun United, they picked up uh, a massive win uh, earlier this this week uh, against Pittsburgh, a 2-1 to one win. I think that's their first win against Pittsburgh uh, and a team that's been knocking on the door so much this season. Um, big win for them. They're in action again today um, out at Segra against uh, the team they play once or twice a week, Hartford. Yeah, uh, we're not going to be able to get out there today, but uh, always fun to watch Loudoun. And it sounds like a... Segra has gotten itself in a uh, position where you know, it's, I believe the quote was uh, better than uh, some other professional uh, facilities out there in the leagues. So uh, definitely glad to see that. And, you know, we had discussions about what we expect out of Loudon and what we're looking for there, but it's always a good time. And uh, particularly when you see some of those young guys, like you mentioned, uh, particularly Boulevard and, uh, it's a lot they're fun to watch you know if you can't get enough soccer you know if the fact that euros are slowing down a little bit copa america is starting to have a little bit of a break not quite the gold cup yet it's crazy to me that we still don't know who the united states is playing uh here in less than a week (laughs) to kick off the gold cup but uh no wow it's such a blast to watch Yep, fully fully finished uh, facilities with running water out there, which is which is long awaited news and exciting for them and the Spirit as well, who played their first game at Segar Field this season. Unfortunately, it was a, a one nil loss to Chicago uh, on Friday night, but they're back in action uh, on Saturday. This time at Audi Field against the North Carolina Courage. So. Lots of things moving for the Spirit. Of course, they've got some players away on, on Olympic duty. Uh, so it'll be an interesting couple weeks for the Spirit. Um, but that that's another league that's always filled with good games and, and high-quality soccer. Yeah. I mean, Trinity Rodman has been a, a revelation this year. You know, it's not often that you have draft picks that, you know, that come in. And obviously, every league's a little bit different. But uh, a lot of fun to watch there. And yeah, the Spirit will be dealing with their own challenges with uh, you know, players called up and uh, dealing with the Olympics here moving forward. Uh, it's hard to complain as a soccer fan that we've got so many opportunities to, to watch our players and either playing for the club or for, or for country. It's, uh, it's a great time to be a soccer fan, particularly when you think back to where we were at in just a year ago. where uh, Starved a- of soccer. <laughs> <laughs> I will take every uh, every game I can get moving uh, forward for sure. Yeah, and with that, I think it's time to call the show. We miss anything? I think DC United has scored again. <laughs> Toronto Alex Bono is still in the back of the net, pulling balls out left and right. Uh, we has got to you know take a lozenge or something after telling us how many times it was in the net yesterday. That's for sure. We, we missed having Joshua and Sam on the show. We'll be back soon, um, and we'll talk to you guys real real soon. In the meantime, happy Independence Day for our friends here uh, in the U.S. and to our friends in the U.K. Guys, it's not coming home. I, it's, I'm just I'm telling you, it's 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 not coming home. Hey, happy Independence Day to our friends in England too. <laughs>
<laughs> we'll talk to you guys soon right here on Tried and True, the morning after show presented by Heineken 0.0.